sniffs heavily and wipes her nose with the back of her hand. He said it was spare, she says. Said he'd bought a new one and did I want it. And you didn't wonder why he was offering you televisions? I knew exactly why he was offering it, she says with a glare of defiance. And you accepted it? If you're asking if I shagged him to get a second-hand telly, no, I didn't. But there's no law against letting a fella give you a present because he thinks it might get you to, is there? Fair point. Anyway, I needed a telly. Do you know how bloody boring it is if you've got no money and no telly? I wasn't going to give him a... She sneaks a look at the social worker to see if she's going to get a rise. Blow job. But I wasn't going to tell him to fuck off either, was I? Well, I can see that there might have been some chance that things could get a bit unpleasant when he realised. Whatever, Cheryl interrupts. Most of your lot, she narrows her eyes at her minder again, think they can get a feel for a bag of crisps and a Fanta. At least I wanted a telly. The social worker stiffens beside her, offended. Amazing, thinks D.I. Shane. Even after a deluge of scandals, they're still blanking suggestions that their own might not be perfect. And when was this? Dunno, two, three weeks. Ages before the weather broke. It was still boiling bloody hot, and he kept looking at my tits because I was wearing a vest. I I just thought he was another dirty old bloke. Come on, nobody else thought he was up to anything either. Do you think I'd have stayed in that house if I did? So you don't think any of your neighbours had any suspicions either? No! I've told you. Place smelled like shit, but it's not exactly the first time I've been somewhere that smelled like shit. Anyway, they all had their own stuff to worry about, I should think. We hardly talked to each other until it happened. It wasn't a flat share or anything. We weren't friends. D.I. Burke opens the cardboard folder that D.I. Shane gave him earlier, On the top, an A4 photo of a woman. Short, caramel-streaked blonde hair, low-cut white mini-dress, white slingbacks, white handbag, Versace jacket, oversized sunglasses perched on the top of her head, as unmistakably Essex as Stansted crotch crystals. She's looking away from the camera, holding a half-drunk glass of champagne. It looks like a picture taken at a public event of some sort, the races, perhaps, He studies it for a few seconds, wonders if this will be the picture the papers go with, clears his throat pointedly, and D.C. Barnard stops and turns. Sorry, Bob, he says. Cheryl, this is D.I. Shane, she's from Scotland Yard. The same bovine unresponsiveness. Cheryl pouts and rolls her eyes again. The Metropolitan Police Headquarters? Organised crime squad, interjects D.I. Shane. You can call me Mary, if you like. Usually, announcing this will produce some signs of interest, but the girl just gives a don't-care shrug of her good shoulder. D.I. Shane's not working on this case, he says, but we think there might be a connection with something else she's working on. Right, says Cheryl suspiciously. D.I. Shane smiles at him and takes the folder, lays it on the table in front of the girl. Cheryl, she asks, does the name Lisa Dunn mean anything to you? Cheryl shakes her head, 
her face a mask. Shane opens up the folder and slides the picture across the table so she can see it. Well, can I ask you, Cheryl, do you recognise this woman? The girl slides the photo towards her, mouth turned down, looks up, her spidery eyebrows arched. That's Colette, she says. I thought you said Lisa something. D.I. Shane and D.I. Burke exchange a look. Damn, it says. It really was her then. Colette? She lived in number two. Didn't look like this when she was there, but it's her. Where did you get this? Colette. Colette? She moved in, ooh, early June, after Nicky went... She suddenly looks sick again, and her eyes fill with tears. Went missing. And have you...